This is Becoming a Podcast for Teens and Young Adults, Episode 55, Sleep, What's That, and Why Is It So Important, with Nikki Olson. I have to tell you guys, Nikki made a printable just for you guys, so you should go check it out and print it off to fill out while you're listening to the episode. We did this while we were listening to her teach us about this topic, and it helped so much. So go in the show notes and make sure to take a look before you start. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. We are always focused on the teen in every episode, and we want to make sure we do the same with any resource we share with you. Better Screen Time is a company that is focused on helping families teach children and teens how to use screen time, devices, and tech in a healthy and responsible way. They give parents tools to help involve their family in creating a tech-healthy family. Visit betterscreentime.com to learn more. Hey, Tani, how's uh, your habits been going since our episode a couple weeks ago? I'm struggling. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Okay, what were your habits that you were working on? I really wanted to start going to bed earlier and not like have screens and just really like have a clear mind and then try to wake up earlier and, you know, do my personal studying, get totally ready before my kids get up. Ask me how many times I've done that. How many times have you done that? (laughs) It's been rough. (laughs) (laughs) So I totally have the same goals. Uh, I'm working on my morning routine, but I was like kind of just neglecting my night routine. But then we had our great friend here, Nikki, is going to be visiting with us about this very topic. We needed you, Nikki. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to help you. (laughs) We do need you. We're so excited about the episode today. So Nikki Olson is here with us. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor for the state of Utah. And you also do some online consultations as well. But it sounds like you have some really unique ways of helping people to manage their life instead of having your life manage you. So uh, you also have this great process called mind body bridging. I want to hear a little bit more about what you do. Awesome. Yeah. In my therapy practice that I do day to day, I use a modality called mind-body bridging, and I found it to be helpful in lots of areas of life. So I use it with almost every aspect that people come in to see me with, from depression, anxiety, um, PTSD, ADHD, you know, just anything like that. But also the tools are really helpful. I use them on a day-to-day basis just to kind of manage the chaos of life. And so they're just tools that talk about that connection between how our thoughts can affect our body and our body functioning is really how we deal with day-to-day life, right? And so we want those to be in sync and I teach how to bridge them together and be in your most functional, optimal state, which definitely has to do with sleep, right? 
Yes, absolutely. I am super interested in what you're talking about. For me personally, what I've been working on is kind of mindfulness and really trying to learn how to control my natural man, like my natural tendencies to lose my patience or even just trying to overcome my habits and my eating or just natural urges and just learning that the body and the mind can be in sync and how to control your body's natural habits. Yeah, there's a system inside all of us that makes our mind and body disconnect. And so when that happens, we're not ourselves anymore, right? Like we just can't function the way that we used to seconds ago, right? We need to learn to manage that system. The system is there, not necessarily, it works against us, but it's also an internal compass that teaches us when we're off course and when we need to correct course. But if we stay in that system too long, it can really affect a lot of areas of our life, right? Specifically sleep, like we're talking about today, but it affects our ability to think clearly, communicate, organize, manage time, problem solve, like it just affects that executive functioning part of our brain. So yeah, definitely mindfulness tools such as like using your senses or becoming aware of your senses around you is one of those ways to rest that system. And if you're trying to go to sleep while that system's awake, it's not going to be very successful, right? Or sometimes we notice like, man, I was asleep for like 10 or 12 hours, but I don't feel rested. And so sometimes when we go to sleep with that system on, then it's not getting into our deep sleep where we need to be, where recovery happens for us. And so then we're waking up even more tired and not able to function, even though we slept a long time. That's fascinating to me. And I'm sorry if... We are doing this episode just for me, everyone, (laughs) because I feel like you're going to solve a lot of my problems today. (laughs) Well, I don't think you're alone for sure. I think a lot of times people don't realize that sleep affects mood. I mean, we kind of realize that, but we don't realize that maybe a lot of the problems that we're having in our life are because we're not getting the adequate rest that we need, not even just in time, but in getting down to that real REM cycle sleeping where our body recovers. That's what sleep is for, is recovery. And if we're not doing that for ourselves every night, then we have this sort of jet lag feeling all the time and we just can't function the way we want to. So when I was a teenager, my sleep was super terrible. I mean, going to bed way too late and then I was waking up way early to go to zero hour or whatever. And I was, you know, a little bit of zombie mode. But then even now still as an adult and as a mom, my sleep habits are still not great. But don't teenagers need more sleep and more restful sleep because their brains are like making all sorts of connections? Don't they need even more? Absolutely, yeah. And actually, schools are not set up to get optimal sleep ranges for kids because teenagers, they don't fall asleep until like 10 or 11 at night. That's natural for a teenager, but they also need like eight to 10 hours of sleep. And so we're having them wake up and go to these early morning practices or early morning classes. And then we're just cutting into their times of sleep. And then also what happens is then they try to catch up on the weekend. We call that weekend jet lag. That can affect all of us, right? Is that you can imagine like when you have jet lag and you catch back up, but if you were doing jet lag every weekend, like how exhausting that would be on your body. It's recommended that you don't sleep in two hours longer than you typically get up on the weekday. So if you're getting up at 6 a.m. on the weekdays, you don't want to sleep past 8 a.m. on the weekends because you're going to create that jet lag. 
Also bedtime, you don't want to do that every weekend. I mean, there's certain activities that we have or, you know, events that we need to go to that do that. But if you're doing that every single weekend, you're having that weekend jet lag. Oh, how many teens are going to raise their hands when I say, uh, how many of you sleep until like noon sometimes when you're waking up at yeah. six? Like that's a huge change for your body. So I can see how that would totally throw you off. So what are like the benefits though of this whole practice of early to bed, early to rise? Right. So one is if you wake up half an hour before you need to be somewhere, you're always just going to feel rushed, right? You're going to feel like you're not able to, you're going to feel that stress throughout the day. It's not going to calm down. And so you just don't create that calm feeling in the morning. Actually studies show that people who wake up earlier are happier and more productive throughout the day. And, you know, if you're sleeping in, then that just is going to make you not feel tired at night as well. And so you're going to have a hard time falling asleep. So it just kind of creates, you know, early risers have shown to have more balanced diet. They're more prone to sticking with exercise routines than those who uh, wake up late. Also, people who uh, meditate on a regular basis feel like the best time to connect is in the morning because it's calmer, it's more peaceful. And oftentimes in the morning, we can give our best effort to the priorities that we want to. So I find that if I leave exercise or reading or those things that I really want to get in my life to nighttime, number one, they don't happen because I'm tired and yeah. exhausted. <laughs> but number two, I'm tired and exhausted and I don't give my best effort towards that thing. That Good point. Sense. I know we all have our personal reasons why we want to get up, but if we need further proof that it's healthy and good for us, I did a little research myself and I found out that a Texas university did this study with college students and they asked who called themselves morning people and who called themselves night owls. And the people who referred to themselves as morning people had a whole point higher on their GPA. They were 3.5 average of GPAs and the night owls had average of 2.5 GPA. So I think there's so many different benefits. Um, And I also, as I studied, realized that most successful people, the CEOs of companies are getting up before 6am. They said that one of the biggest predictors of success is simply having a steady routine and just sticking to it, whatever it might be, and just focusing on what's really important to you. And I just think, uh, gosh, if we can focus on those things and really realize what our goals are and how waking up early and going to bed early can really help push your plan forward, then I am just excited to practice these things. Awesome. I agree. And so there's there just, you need to find the best hours of your day. And for me, my best hours of the day are in the morning in doing that. And I wasn't always an early riser. Like I, you know, I put on, on my website that, you know, I get up before the sun comes up and I go go to bed before the sun goes down <laughs> because uh, th- that was a progress, like years in the progress of working towards that. Like I didn't all of a sudden decide, oh, I'm going to get up at 4.30 a.m. every day. Like I slowly worked my way towards that. Um, and that became just like, oh, I need 15 more minutes to do this. I need 15 more minutes to do this. And so it just slowly progressed back to that time because I started realizing the things that I was getting done in my day were best done in the morning for me when the rest of my family was asleep or my husband's awake, but he's off exercising and doing his own thing. But I'm by myself and I can get those things done for me during that time. So I have created a little outline for your listeners to kind of help them if that interests them to want to wake up earlier and they want to do that. 
I created um, a little freebie for them and you guys can link it, but it's on my website at mbbnicki.com forward slash free. I call it my waking up earlier plan. Because if you have a goal of waking up earlier, like those are benefits to you and you feel like you want to do that, you can't just tell yourself, I want to wake up earlier and set an alarm. It's not going to happen. Oh, I've tried it. I've tried that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for lots of reasons. One, we're exhausted. Number two, we're not taking care of ourselves at nighttime to be able to make the morning routine better. Um, And you can't just all of a sudden decide to wake up two hours earlier. Your body's not going to adjust to that. So maybe we can go through this outline and kind of talk about some of the ways that your listeners could use this as setting up a goal and setting themselves up for success rather than setting themselves up for failure if they are going to want to wake up earlier. Perfect. Perfect. I can't wait. (laughs) Awesome. One of the things is you need to recognize where you're at, right? Like if you are currently waking up at 6.30 consistently, you can't all of a sudden say, I want to wake up at 5 a.m. So on the plan, it asks you, what time do I go to bed right now? And what time do I wake up right now? So you need to acknowledge and just say to yourself, okay, currently I'm getting four hours of sleep or I'm currently going to bed at midnight and waking up at six. Just acknowledge where you're at and then make a goal of where you want to be, okay? And that's not going to happen overnight, but you can see like, okay, I'm currently going to bed at midnight and I want to go to bed at 10 p.m we can work towards that, right? Or currently waking up at seven and I want to wake up at five. And so what you're going to want to do is do that in 15 to 30 minute increments, push that back. Okay. So I would do that for probably a week or two, stick with a 15 to 30 minute increment for a week or two until you feel comfortable with that. Till that feels like routine to you. So that's going to bed 15 minutes earlier and waking up 15 minutes earlier? Correct. Well, it depends on where you're currently at. That's why I say write it down. So seven to nine hours for adults. For teenagers, I would say uh, nine to 11 hours of sleep at night. So you want to hit that range. So you want to really acknowledge and and be honest with yourself, like how many hours of sleep am I getting? If you want to wake up at 5 a.m., going to bed at midnight is not going to help you function better during the day. That's going to defeat the whole purpose of waking up early. And there's science behind all these numbers, but Like if you're definitely not getting eight hours of sleep as a teenager, you're running on low fumes for sure. Exactly. Yep. And you're not giving your best effort to anything that you're doing, right? You're just stretching yourself thin in every direction that you are. And I want to touch on that briefly. You say teenagers need more sleep and they're naturally just going to bed around 10 or 11. That's just what their bodies are doing. And if they are needing to wake up earlier for the practices or the early school, can they switch the circadian rhythm can they like force it to change is that possible yes but you're going to have to do it slowly over time okay so that's where we're going here with the goals that's that 15 to 30 minute increment so if they're going to bed at 10 and they need to go to bed more at nine o'clock you're going to need to and then waking up early you're going to want to switch that into 15 to 30 minute increments over the course of one to two weeks for that one 15 to 30 minute increment And how do you handle it when you're just laying there thinking? (laughs) Perfect. All right. So the plan walks you through one, you, if you don't have a good nighttime routine, your morning routine is going to suffer. Okay. So one of the things that the first thing I put on there is what triggers me awake at night. Okay. The triggers that keep me awake. Okay. Like you said, one of the things is uh, yeah, your phone, Um, (laughs) your phone can keep you awake at night. 
maybe your thoughts, right? Like you just have racing thoughts, you're dealing with emotions at the end of the night that you didn't deal with during the day. Um, and, and if that's the case, then you're going to want to get some help with some of those thoughts, right? Like I, I use mind body bridging at night to be able to put myself in my natural state where that identity system isn't affecting um, my sleep. And so I go through some of those tools and, and um, be able to just really put my body in its natural state of sleeping to do that. Um, but if you really have to acknowledge what is keeping me awake, is it that I'm leaving everything to the end of the night to get done? Do I have this list of things that have to get done by tomorrow and I left them till 9 p.m.? Is it that I have too much homework to do and I'm not doing it earlier? Um, you know, is, is, are, is there too many TVs on? Is everybody else chaotic around me? Do I need to create more of a um, atmosphere that's better for sleeping um, in my room? So you have to come up with strategies to combat that. So some of the strategies um, for going to bed earlier are creating a routine. So we call this good sleep hygiene. Okay. So if you don't have good sleep hygiene at nighttime, it's going to affect your morning routine because you're not going to want to wake up in the morning. So associations are really good for this. So if you associate things with only with nighttime, so, um, you know, you have certain smells in your room that create that. Like for me, I like to take a bath every night. That just kind of signifies to my body like, hey, this is winding down. It uses a lot of my senses. It's kind of a meditation for me. But also the studies show that if you can have a rapid temperature drop at nighttime, right before you go to bed, it puts your body into like this hibernation kind of state. Oh, so cool. if you take a really hot bath and then your room is colder, People sleep better in colder areas too. If your room's too hot or too warm, like you can have lots of blankets. I like lots of blankets, but my room has to be pretty cold to account for all those blankets. Um, and so some people like weighted blankets to kind of help them. Also avoiding blue light. So your phones put off blue light, your microwaves put off blue light, your TVs put off blue light. The new thing is to buy, go on Amazon and buy blue light glasses. <laughs> they filter out that blue light because that's what keeps you awake at night. So um, having TVs in your room, that can be difficult. Also, if you're on your phone and that blue light is coming through, you think that it's putting you to sleep, but it's, it's not really putting you to sleep by scrolling your phone. That blue light is um, keeping you awake. I would say, though, too, that, yes, the blue light is affecting us, but then also the, just the stimulation of information and everything coming into our brains, like, that has to get your mind running when you're trying to be calming down. So one thing that we yeah. learned in our better screen time episode was just to avoid your phones and screens for an hour before bedtime. And then also if it's uh, too much of a temptation for you, which I think is for pretty much everybody to charge it in a separate room so that you don't just grab it and go to it, especially mm -hmm. while you're creating that habit. Yeah. If you exactly. hear a notification, you're going to look, you're going to look. So just, Put it in a different room so it's not even a thought. Yeah. So, yeah, if those – first you have to identify what's keeping you awake at night. If those are things that are keeping you awake at night, then the next block is to put your strategies down for going to bed earlier, right? So that might be putting your phone in a different room. It might be, you know what, maybe I do need to take a, a shower or a bath at night or maybe I need to set up my room a little bit cooler. Maybe I need to create less chaos around my bedroom. Um, or what's happening, or get my stuff done earlier. So you need to kind of write down your strategies to go to bed earlier for that. 
And then if you want to wake up early, you have to have a benefit of wanting to wake up early, right? That it's not just, well, I heard that it's good for you, so I want to do it. Because when that alarm goes off early, that benefit is not going to get you out of bed. Right? Yeah. This is like the key, I think, right here. Because for me, I'm like, well, I want to, but I really don't want to. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I'm avo- I keep avoiding it all my life, clearly. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, if you don't have something exciting to wake up for, you're not going to want to do it, right? Like, I went through a phase where, like, I was trying to find the right exercise routine that I was excited to wake up for, right? And then I started to want to really have some more in-depth study um, in the mornings because I felt like that was the best time. And I just barely released um, an outline that I use for, that I wake up to. For me personally, I like to study um, my scriptures in the morning. And so I found that was my best time to kind of receive revelation and do that. And I I just released an outline for receiving revelation in your life. And um, by doing that for myself for the past year, I am so excited for the morning. Like, because I'm receiving information, I'm getting excited about my life. I'm, I'm feeling the spirit in the morning that I want to get out of bed and do those things. And so if you find something that's exciting for you, for you that you're getting up for, you'll do that, right? Or if you see a benefit, like I like to exercise in the morning because I get it out of the way. It gives me energy for the day and it's off my list. Like it has to be a benefit for you. Like your why has to be big enough for you, not just the research set, right? Nobody's going to do that. It's so true. I think you've seen the fruits of your labor. Like you said, you can look back and say, wow, I've really grown this year from this habit. And it's hard when you haven't done it yet. You know, it's almost like when you're dieting and at the beginning you're like, I haven't seen anything change. And it's harder, but when you start seeing, you know, results coming, it's like, oh, this is great. I feel better. I'm healthier. And you start seeing the benefits of it. So I think at the beginning, you just have to power through sometimes and look at what is really happening daily. Maybe really evaluate, like, do I feel better today as you're going to bed? And I bet we'll be able to go to sleep faster when (laughs) we are waking up earlier and our bodies, you know, are a little more exhausted. Absolutely. I noticed too, like if I get on vacation and we start sleeping in a little bit, it is so hard for me to get back on that routine. And I also noticed the decline in my energy level and just how I'm treating my body throughout the day because I'm not giving it that burst of energy in the morning of, you know, kind of that spiritual aspect, but also the exercise. Have you guys ever heard of the miracle morning? No. Yes, I've heard of it, but tell us about it. Yeah, so I kind of got some of these aspects from that, but they use an acronym called SAVERS to kind of be able to, things that you want to do in the morning that are beneficial to you. And I think they're like research-based probably, (laughs) but they talk about, um, let's see if I can remember them all, but silence is one of them. And I use that kind of as meditation for me. And they talk about doing affirmations. And one of the things that I do in my outline is I try to affirm some of the things that I feel like in my faith, what I want to be doing for my life. And I feel like that focuses me and directs me for my day. And then they talk about visualizing your day, like really thinking about what you want to be doing throughout the day, kind of visualizing, okay, what do I have to do in the morning? What am I going to do for lunch? Or what are my meals going to be like? What are the things that I need to get done? 
and visualizing your day and walking through what you need to do so that you kind of have an idea of doing that. I like to visualize in the shower. So after I've done all my exercise and everything, like I'll be in the shower and I'll just walk through my day. Like what do my kids need to be doing? Where do I need to be? Um, And just kind of walking through that day and making sure I have everything. Then they talk about ease for exercise. And they talk about exercise doesn't have to be like, you know, you have this massive routine, but you just move your body, right? Like just get up and move your body, going for a walk or anything like that. It can be that. And then reading, they recommend reading something in the morning. And then the last S stands for scribe. So writing things down. And so I use a lot of that in my outline that I do and then exercising and visualizing. So I kind of have a tweak on some of that, but I feel like those are good things to kind of be doing in the morning that can create some motivation and some benefit throughout the day. I love that. The last thing on this plan for waking up early are the strategies that you're going to do to wake up earlier. We talked a little bit about some of them. Good nighttime routine, right? And then transitioning your sleep by 15 to 30 minute increments and finding something that excites you to wake up um, and then avoiding triggers that keep you awake at night. One thing that I do in the morning that has really helped me is that I noticed that I would set my alarm for 10 minutes before I really needed to be awake. And then I would set the snooze button. But what I realized is the snooze button's too long and I fell back asleep. And so then I was too tired. I was like, oh, I'm just going to lay here and close my eyes for a minute. Because it's hard for me to just pop out of bed. Like, I was like, oh, I'm nauseous. My head hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to get out of bed. It's cold, right? But I didn't exactly yeah. want to pop out of bed with that first alarm. But the nine-minute snooze that they give you on things is just too long. So I set two alarms that are five minutes apart. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the first one when I get off is I give myself five minutes to lay there. But I don't usually fall back asleep in that five minutes. And so then that, when that second alarm goes off, I have to be out of bed. Like I make that rule for myself. And I notice that if I don't get out of bed, when that one goes off, then I start making excuses in my head about why I don't need to get up. Um, I don't need to actually do that thing. And so I start crossing things off my list of things that I don't want to get done. (laughs) Right. And then pretty soon it like that hour rolled by that I was going to use. And I didn't even go back to sleep because I was making excuses in my head for that whole hour. (laughs) And it just didn't benefit me, right? And so I felt like, okay, I give myself five minutes, and then that's the point. I'm done. If at the end of the five minutes, if I am really, really, really tired, I have to really like check in with myself and say, do you really need some extra sleep? Like I'm actually falling back asleep, and I might need some more time. That's a rare occasion, though, that your body just needs that extra sleep. And so you don't want to use that as an excuse. Like, oh, I think my body needs that extra sleep because are you really going to fall back asleep or not? Yeah. But I might say, okay, I'm going to get up and do something. I may not go and do a HIIT workout where I'm going to like do something intensive, but I'm going to at least go for a walk. I made that commitment to myself. So I'm going to do at least that, right? And so maybe you don't have to push yourself if you're not feeling as good or you, you're extra tired, but at least get out of bed and do those things. I like that you brought that up because that is something that I'm doing this along with our conversation. I printed out the handout and this is super helpful. But one thing I did write for my strategy to keep me up early is that I am someone who keeps promises to myself. So if I remind myself that, you know, maybe I give myself that second alarm and say, I get up. That's, that's who I am. I keep promises to myself. And that's an affirmation for you too. 
There you go. I'm hitting two with one stone. <laughs> that's awesome. Perfect. But I think that's the thing. We need to just stick to what our goals are and keep those promises that we've made. Yeah. And, it, and the studies show that if you write something down, you're more likely to achieve it. So that's why I made this plan for your listeners is that, you know, we can listen to this. And that's often what happens. I think a lot of times, like I'll listen to a good podcast. I'm like, that's so awesome. I want to do that. And then like an hour later, I totally forgot what that was. Totally. I didn't write it down. It wasn't like, I need to make a note to myself with an alarm usually and say, you need to do this. Right. And so I think if they can print this off, maybe, you know, and go back and listen to it and really write some of those things down that they want to do in their lives. I think it will be beneficial to them because it's written down and then put it somewhere you look at it, right? Because yep. then you're more likely to keep that promise if you keep looking at, oh yeah, I was going to do that. Stick it on your mirror while you're brushing your teeth at night to remind you why it's important to you that you want to do this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And if you're a self-diagnosed insomniac, I will tell you that typically a lot of these things are resolved with a lot of these kind of strategies. We think, oh, I'm terrible at sleeping, but really our practices set us up for failure when we go to sleep. So we actually do have a lot of control. And I am somebody who I have struggled with sleep in my life. I've had times when I felt like I was a total insomniac. I was having a hard time sleeping, couldn't stay asleep. Um, And sometimes that just depends on what's going on in our life. But when you take an effort, it really can set you up for good success. You'll have good sleep habits and you just have to keep continuing to try and recognize what's really going on. So I think this is really helpful to anybody who's thinking, well, I'm just bad at sleeping. Well, that's not necessarily true. There are some people who really suffer with some of those things and need some help, but most of the time it's a lot of our habits that can help us. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think just learning some skills or strategies, you know, I obviously I like mind body bridging, but if there are things that are keeping you awake at night or going on in your life, definitely reach out for help and support and learning some skills to deal with that because that will help you with your sleep. That's awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you. We're really excited to share this with our listeners and to work on this. We're going to be working on this and we'll share this information and this uh, sheet for everyone to use. I think that's so awesome. Um, But we have to ask you our question that we ask all of our guests. Are you ready? (laughs) So if you could tell your teenage self one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say that it all works out and it will be okay. I think when I was a teenager, I felt like when things weren't working out, I was really high strung about it. And I thought, it's the end of the world. It's, It's not okay. And I created a lot more stress for myself than it needed to be. And I often tell teenagers that like, you think that this thing didn't work out, that it's the end of the world. And it's just not, it's, you know, be patient, that life will be okay. I love that. It's so true. And it's easier when we're looking at the big picture as adults. But if they can just heed that truth that you're sharing now, it would make life so much easier and more pleasant to go through. So just true. remember, yeah, it, it gets better. I promise. Yeah, exactly. Nikki, this has been such a pleasure to have you and we, I'm motivated. I feel like we've learned a lot. Can you please tell us where our listeners can find more of you if they want to reach out and get more help with this mind-body bridging? Absolutely. Yeah. So my website is MBB for mind-body bridging, Nikki, N-I-K-I dot com. And you can see all the services that I offer there. And also you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, same place, MBB Nikki. 
um, and I offer free tips and tricks for lots of different things on there. I try to make it a community where I'm offering free services in that way through social media. Um, but also I have lots of other podcasts that I've recorded in, in different areas um, and talk about how mind-body bridging can be helpful in lots of areas too. too. But I also am releasing a digital course about mind-body bridging that people will be able to just watch videos and learn these skills at their own pace and at their own time and be able to implement some of these skills. And they'll also have access to me during that course to ask questions along the way and see other um, videos of other people asking questions. And so it's definitely if sleep is a problem or you feel like there's other areas of your life that you're struggling with and you want to be able to have help with those and have those strategies, um, they can hop over to my website and kind of see the services that I offer. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put all these links in the podcast notes so that you guys can get easy access to go and talk to Nikki. So Nikki, it's been so great having you on Becoming. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Are you a slave to your phone? Cell phones are literally masters of distraction and they can take your attention away from just about anything. If you want better tools to help you become the master of your device again, turn to Better Screen Time. They have tons of free resources and research to back up their incredible courses. We have enrolled in their new online course, Creating a Tech Healthy Family. It comes with videos and discussions to have with your family, as well as so many printable tools that you can keep and use forever. The course has been so inspiring and incredibly doable. This is the perfect course for you because it is judgment-free and will help to walk you through designing your own tech-healthy family. We put a link in the show notes to give you access to one of our favorite free resources from Better Screen Time. It's a list of 100 totally screen-free activities for kids and teens. Check it out.